Hey, how's it going? My name is Jordan Taylor from Starter.ca and welcome to another episode of Starter. Stop talking and really take action. If you are listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere where you listen to podcasts, if you're listening to the audio only version of this, then uh, welcome. And uh, I appreciate your listening. Would love to get the uh, podcast viewership up. And if you are watching this also potentially on Spotify and or YouTube, also thanks for joining. This episode, I, I, I kind of wanted to just kind of quickly talk on a topic that's like, not gonna lie, it's a little scary to think about, but I wanted to kind of share my story on what has happened to me lately. And hopefully if you can avoid this, especially if you're an entrepreneur, but anybody really, uh, but I think this definitely impacts a lot of first rate entrepreneurial types. So basically this story, <laughs> kind of on the tail end of it now for the most part, uh, but it involves taxes. And I know taxes can be a very boring topic for a lot of people, myself included, um, especially too, if you're not, uh, if you're not super gung ho about giving away money. Uh, <laughs> and I know everybody talks about, oh, here's all these great ways to make your tax life better, and here's all these cool tips and tricks and yada, 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 yada. Um, but if you're anything like me and you're not the most well-versed in this kind of stuff um, and you just want to be able to do what you do, whether that's create, uh, whether that's um, service your business or your clients or whatever any of that stuff, then you understand the appeal of like paying somebody to do your taxes for you, uh, let, letting them deal with it, but then also you're still giving away your money because you're paying somebody to do something that, at least in the realm of, the, uh, of entrepreneurship, it's something that um, it might be a good idea for you to have a general sense of how to do it. So kind of to paint the picture, like a lot of entrepreneurs, I had the idea or, 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 or I had a business idea and I wanted to be able to do that. It's not relevant to the story what the idea is, but basically I have my little business. Uh, well, not little, that sounds so <laughs> degrading, but you know, I, I have my business where I service clients, i.e. in the form of video editing, audio editing, uh, occasionally filming, recording, yada, 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 right? And if you are in Canada, uh, potentially in the U.S. as well, I'm not I, I'm not well versed in, in how the law as it pertains to taxes works uh, really anywhere. If you if you listen to the rest of the story, but, um, you know, the in, in Canada, at least if you're under a certain amount of revenue, you don't necessarily have to claim that as income or you don't have or, or, or I don't want to say that you don't have to, but you can probably not you can do it and probably not into any issues you definitely don't have to register for any tax numbers or anything like that and uh i know that's what a lot of people do you know they do it under the table just so that they can keep as much of their money as possible to be able to live their life especially too if this is something you're doing as a hobby just to kind of test out the waters uh test out your abilities uh potentially you know have a little bit of side income to you know help pay your bills or to be able to take a vacation or just to just be able to you know be uh, compensated for your time based on whatever it is that you do. So I was in that boat for a little while and through learning about all the different incentives that can come about from doing business, quote unquote, legitimately, uh, <laughs> just i.e. in the way of having a registered business, having uh, a tax number, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, in my particular case, uh, I discovered that during the last couple years in this whole 
pandemic-y stuff uh, that there were a lot of incentives going around for businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, but in order to take advantage of those things or to be able to participate, uh, this is better language than taking advantage of, but uh, in order to be able to participate in those things, you you needed a registered business number, you needed a tax number, you needed a certain amount of um, official or on the books revenue or you know, insert official uh, metric here. And by official, I mean like on the books, not under the table, right? So, you know, I did the thing that you're supposed to do when, or quote unquote, supposed to do when you do all of this, right? Register my business, get a tax number. Um, I had a sole proprietorship, right? Which is just like, it's kind of synonymous with you as a person, even did the whole corporate thing um, or incorporating thing. And, you know, pros and cons to both. There's a bunch of other free content about there, um, out there about that kind of thing. But basically, I, I, I did all the things, right? And uh, it's a lot, you know? Um, I totally get why a lot of us don't do that stuff. Um, at least definitely not in the beginning or until we're in a position where we, you know, kind of have to. Because um, we're worried about doing the wrong thing as it pertains to the government, which could, that could send me on a whole other rant, but I won't get into that today. Uh, or maybe I will later, I don't know. But did all the things. And then, you know, things are going cool. You know, I'm, I'm officially on the books. I don't have to worry about, oh, am I doing anything wrong by not claiming this stuff? Uh, am I, am, you know, I'm... I'm feeling like I'm not being selfish or shady, you know, because everything's on on the books. Uh, everything's on the up and up, as they say. And uh, yeah, so things were going cool. You know, I was making my little bit of revenue, uh, obviously was having to pay for some expenses here and there. Uh, but, you know, my thought process was by being legitimate about it. I'm like, hey, you know, I can write off some of these uh, expenses that I'm doing, um, but because I know in, in my mind I'm not making over the top gross income, so I figure my net income will probably be a little. It's got to be lower than that, and based on even what the gross number is, it's not anything outlandish. And then come to find out, come tax time, you know, I've 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 always done my personal taxes myself. I, you know, if you're anything like me, you have a little bit of trust issues when it comes to uh, doing taxes or having somebody else do your taxes, right? Showing somebody else all those numbers, yada, yada, yada. You know, I, I think years ago I had somebody do my taxes. I paid $40 for them to do it and they got me a refund of $20. Uh, so I basically paid somebody $20 for the convenience of not having to do my taxes, but that was it. Um, and it wasn't a large inconvenience. I got to a point uh, where every year after that, I was able to do my own personal taxes, no problem, in without even exaggerating, like 15 minutes for, for, a, for a whole year. I could do a year's worth of taxes in about 15 minutes. Um, and it was great. There's a lot of self-serve tools online, and I was definitely using one of the self-serve um, platforms to be able to do that. And never had any issues for the better part of 10 years. Uh, then flash forward, or fast forward into this business thing, and it's it just felt like a lot more. Um, now, because I did the majority of my business via my sole proprietorship operation, and the reason for that being, again, one of these incentives, um, it just so happened to line up with my timing. I did my sole proprietorship first, so that was where I got some funding there. So I kind of had to do my business via the sole proprietorship. 
corporation is still there, but it's it's just kind of just living. Was fine doing my personal taxes for years. Eventually get to the point where I'm doing the business taxes and filed it along with my personal taxes, more or less the same way, just with more expenses. And I was tracking my income. I even did the thing where I got the QuickBooks where it was automatically categorizing everything. So I thought I was doing everything pretty well. First year doing that, got myself a nice hefty refund, like almost, almost five figures. Um, almost five figures in uh, in a refund, which was amazing. Like prior to that, I think I had maybe always got like, I don't know, a thousand-ish dollars a year, which isn't even anything crazy. Um, but yeah, usually in it, like on a, like a low year was maybe $500. So between 500 to a thousand dollars a year, I would get back. 2020, I actually had a full-time job the entire year of 2020 plus some business as well. But it was the first year where the 2020 tax year, I had both, uh, employment income and self-employment income. I got like this huge refund in 2021 when I did it. So I had, I, I had like this, this, this huge refund and I was like, wow, I'm a wizard. I'm amazing at this tax stuff. Um, having never studied it in school and knowing the basics of how this stuff worked, but I didn't have like some overwhelmingly large, uh, skill set uh when it came to taxes so you know did that and i thought okay cool this is great uh everybody should open a business everybody should do their business on the books because oh you're eligible for all these incentives all this funding all this uh, you know all, all, all these other things that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to to take advantage of and uh sorry i, I keep adjusting the the light in here again if you're watching the video version i did that you know, in 2021 for the 2020 tax year, got this huge refund. Great, was feeling awesome about it. Also, didn't totally understand the fact that um, sales tax and income tax are two separate things that you need to handle uh, as a business. And probably my own ignorance for not knowing that. Uh, but I, I always just thought it's like, okay, you make money, you owe taxes minus expenses that was it i wasn't thinking okay money you bring in is subject to sales tax if you are selling a, a a product like like you have to if you sell to customers right i and that could be if you have clients not like you're selling a product it could be selling a service right it, you know goods and service tax or or whatever the heck it stands for um but yeah you gotta you gotta collect or what they call remit tax to the government for anything that you sell right uh within the economy right so you have to so if you have a hundred dollar product or service you actually got to charge well here for me being in ontario canada it's uh it's 13 at least as of right now uh so if it's a hundred dollars you got to actually charge 113 to the person and then you take your hundred, that $13 goes straight to the government uh, via HST, right? So that like, in theory, that should never even touch you, regardless of how you work it out, right? Whether you do an all-in-one price and then you just put that 13 aside, or if you say, here's the price for the item or the product or service, it's a hundred bucks. Uh, and then 13 of that is taxes. Uh, you know, you put that there and then you work into like, you know, all of that is its own thing. But on top of that, right, of that $100, right, because that, that $13 goes right to the government, or it's supposed to, um, if you have an HST number, which once you're registered, you need to 
like whether sorry once you're registered for an hst number you have to pay that even if you've only made a dollar in revenue the whole year right you got to take that 13 cents and give it to the government once you have an hst number and once you've hit thirty thousand dollars uh you need to have an hst number or you're supposed to um it's not a requirement uh, for you to do it below that, although you can, and once you do, you have to pay whatever it is. So, but then that $100, that is, you're thinking, okay, that's left over for me, but no, that $100, because that's been your income, you're subject to income tax on that too. So it's 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 kind of, there, there's two taxes, but the first one, in theory, it's not supposed to be coming to you, it's I, I, this client gave me 113, but only a hundred of it is mine. Uh, that 13 isn't even mine. I just happen to be the, 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 the collector, the remitter, if you will, uh, going directly to the government. And that hundred dollars that I have earned as income, uh, is subject to income tax as well. And then that depend how much that is depends on how much income you've made throughout the year. Da, 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 da. At least this is my understanding of it. If you're a tax professional and you're allowed to talk about it, please feel free to, um, you know, leave a, either review for this episode or comment or whatever it is, uh, and educate me if I'm if I'm mistaken or send me an email, Jordan at started.ca. But that's that's now been my understanding. Whereas before, I kind of always just thought, hey, you make money, you pay a tax, right? Or you make money, you got to pay a certain percentage of it as tax uh forgetting the second layer of you gotta tax the item you like the customer has to pay a tax and then you have to pay a tax but you have to collect the tax from the customer so technically it goes in your possession a little bit so that was one layer uh that i learned and that was a little bit of a shock so now there's this money that i owe for tax uh for hst tax collection that i'm supposed to remit there's that uh but then there's also the income tax so in 2020 had a nice big refund so it was all good and now i've set the precedent uh subconsciously for myself that hey you know doing business equals large tax refund uh just because it's my first year of business so you know i'm i'm working my way up to making a bigger income and because you know cost of doing business a lot of the times you gotta uh spend a bunch of money to set up your operation in order to even start collecting money and most of the money that you make you're just trying to break even uh and i think the expectation is that in the first three years you're not even expected to break even you're actually expected to uh lose money so uh that kind of was the case for me, but just with the way the, the, the cash flow was working and because I was still working at the time, it still made sense. Then fast forward to 2021, I left my job at the beginning-ish or at the end of the first quarter of 2021, sometime in March, uh, and then it was self-employed for the rest of that year, which as of the recording of this episode was last year. We're now in 2022. Then I file for the 2021 tax year, uh, which had a little bit of self-employment or, or of employment income. And then the rest was self-employed income, uh, did the same thing, uh, actually had more expenses this year, kind of the same amount of revenue, maybe a little bit more, basically did the tax again, got the numbers to make sense. Um, and I was still getting a, uh, a sizable refund, not quite as high as the other one, maybe about half of that, but it was still in like the nice mid four figure range of a refund. So I was like, okay, cool. This is great. Um, and then they sent the the CRA sent me a letter saying 
you know, hey, we got your uh, your return, but we're going to need to see a little bit of proof. Uh, now, it's my understanding that this wasn't a, a full-blown audit, but just like a, a an, an additional request from the CRA just saying like, hey, um, we get that this is your return. Can you just send us the stuff just so we know you're not like making the shit up kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so I said, sure, no problem. And I sent them everything. But in addition to that, so, so they asked for every... Um, all proof of income, uh, but then as well, all proof of expenses, which is like receipts and stuff. And I'm really bad at saving receipts, but luckily we're in 2022 and most of that stuff is digitized and available via online account for pretty much everything. And luckily I pay almost everything via credit card or if I do happen to pay it with like debit or something like that, then there's there's usually still a record of it, right? Like I eat my website that I get through Squarespace. If I go into my Squarespace account, I can see all the payments I've made. My Billing history. Same thing with my video hosting, um, you know, my phone bill, internet bill, and, and everything has some kind of digital paper trail. So luckily I wasn't having to go through a bunch of physical papers. Thank God this would have been much worse. So CRA says, yeah, send us all your proof of income, uh, all your business expense receipts um, for the year of 2021, just so we can make sure that what you're claiming matches up with what we deem is valuable. And then uh, and I'm like, oh God, this sounds like a lot of work. And I was super stressed for like a good two weeks. Um, but then the other layer of it was that they now were asking for the same thing, all proof of income and all proof of, uh, business expense receipts for the 2020 tax year, which they had already given me my refund for the year prior, right? Cause this is fast forward. This is now in 2022. Uh, filing for 2021, and this is when they sent me back this letter. So now they're asking me for the last two years of income and expense receipts. Now, you know, quote unquote, they, um, you know, everybody says like, oh yeah, you know, keep your keep your receipts for seven years because they can go back and they can do all this stuff. And you know, I, I've been filing my own uh, uh, taxes um, for the last ten years. Uh, 10 years, more than 10 years, actually, uh, since I was about maybe 17 or 18, uh, with the exception of one other time I paid that guy 40 bucks to do my tax return, but I was pretty confident, right? And like I said, it's, it's usually very easy. Uh, and now at this point I'm doing business, business taxes. So I probably should have engaged a tax professional. Um, and I totally understand why people do, but I guess I'm just stubborn. And the entrepreneur in me was like, Hey boy, we can, <laughs> we can do this ourselves, you know, um, save the money and then be able to pocket as much of the refund or whatever as possible. Now I thought it was weird that they were asking what they call for a special assessment uh, from a year that they had already paid me for versus the 2021 tax year that I had just filed, but they hadn't given me the refund yet. They said, okay, well, before we give you any kind of refund or anything like that, we need all the papers. Actually, you know what? Matter of fact, give it to us for last year too. So that's why it was a little nerve wracking. And like I said, I was racking my brain about this for a good two weeks trying to get all this uh digital uh paper trail together and i was very nervous so then after i think it was like 10 weeks 10 or 12 weeks something ridiculous um you know where now this stuff is up in the air um where i don't know what's about to happen and if you've ever dealt with the cra or if you're in the states like the irs or something 
I just, I don't know, for me, like that waiting period of months where like, where is everything at is, is nerve wracking as heck, right? You're already going through enough stuff as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, dealing with like clients and, and like, there's so much, there's so big of a learning curve, you know, with, with, with doing business. And, and then if you're trying to like have to deal with quote unquote the tax man uh <laughs> you know on on top of that like you're you, it's stress levels are through the roof i'm i'm blessed that i'm i've, I've made the dedication to myself this, this is getting really personal but like i made the dedication to myself years ago that i'm like okay i'm never gonna get stressed to the point where it's like bad like there's a stress where like hey i should probably do this thing or get this thing done but uh I, i've made a commitment to myself that i'm never gonna let it like uh consume me so to speak right so um but anyway so I, I wait the 10 to 12 weeks whatever it was finally get a letter back and they're like hey notice of reassessment uh and it was for the 2021 tax year and they said you know yeah remember how we said you're gonna get you know this refund uh we reassessed it and it's gonna be 600 dollars less and like I said, it was in the mid four figure range. So I was like, oh my God, this is great. I'm getting thousands of dollars back. Anyway, uh, this is awesome. Oh my God, such a relief, great. So I was I was ecstatic. You know, I got another four figure um, tax refund. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am killing this business stuff. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You know, I was, I was, I was ecstatic. I was feeling really great. And then uh, maybe a day, maybe two passed by and I got another notice of reassessment for the 2020 tax year. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I guess they did ask for the 2020 stuff. So that would make sense that they would reassess that, you know, and, and I know they gave me a very high uh, or, or in my personal experience, a very high amount of a refund. Long story short, it was uh, they changed it from a four figure, almost five figure um, refund to a like a, 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 a low five figure, like just over the five figure mark amount owing. So I went from getting uh, almost five figures back to owing over five figures for not even the last tax year, 2021, it was for the tax year before that, uh, 2020. So they basically said, yeah, everything that we've given you in the last two years, you got to give that all back. You're going to kind of break even. Now, obviously it's been over a year, uh, you know, yeah, over a year since I got the first refund, uh, the 2020 refund in 2021. Now we're in halfway through 2022 and they're now asking me for the last two years back. Um, so uh, that's not great. Um, it was very scary. Uh, my reaction was a very loud, what, um, <laughs> uh, literally yelling. And then I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm just going to have to figure this out. And, um, you know, I, I called the CRA special assessment thing because it like, like the letter when they, when they gave me like, Hey, you owe us these tens of thousands of dollars. Um, it, not tens. It was just Anyway, doesn't matter what the amount is, low five figures. They said, hey, you owe us this money. Fortunately, and I will say one, um, not diamond in the rough, uh, what do you call it? Silver lining. They, they, they explained in great detail, and I could tell that they actually went through everything, why certain things were adjusted. And they go through every single thing that was in there. Um, you know, so like every line item on the expense report, which expenses were allowed, which ones were not. Uh, if they were allowed, but a different amount, they clarified why. 
So I'm not gonna lie, I learned a lot from the special assessment letter. And there was one thing that they put in there that I, I, I thought, I'm like, oh wait, if this is what I'm missing, if I add this, will that impact my, you know, my amount owing? Uh, could that turn that amount owing into a smaller amount owing, or could it actually turn it into a refund? Um, and one of the things was, was travel expenses, right? So I did some traveling uh, last year to work with a client and uh, they said, we've disallowed these travel expenses because there's no explanation as to why you took this travel. Um, so not only do you need to keep uh, expenses um, or, or sorry, keep receipts of your expenses, but it, it, you need to document an explanation as to why it is an expense for the purpose of conducting business uh, anyway. And even with that, if that purpose does not lead to income, they may or may not uh, allow that expense as an expense, right? So what the, the lady on the CRA uh, call told me was, uh, hey, you know, if you take five trips to this location, um, you know, and it leads to revenue, right? Or it's regular work that you're doing. Okay, cool. We're going to count that as a, as a valid travel expense. But if you go to this place like four or five times and, you know, it doesn't lead to revenue, you know, we might allow the first one or two because, okay, cool. You're trying to establish a rapport with the client, whatever. Um, but it didn't ultimately lead to revenue. So, you know, those next, you know, kind of two, three, four other expenses were not going to allow because it didn't actually lead to revenue. At that point, you were just kind of taking a stab in the dark. What the letter said was you could put in an explanation. Um, and this is what the lady from the CRA confirmed to me on our phone call was that, hey, you know, if you can resubmit um, your travel expense with an explanation, with a contact info for the client that you were conducting business with, um, we will reassess and potentially adjust uh, your return accordingly. But she also mentioned to me that w once they go in to reassess this one thing, they're going to reassess everything. And then you're subject to another agent's discretion on what they will or won't allow. Um which doesn't sound like a pleasant experience at all. Um, and, and I get that's the way of the world uh, when you're dealing with a company that employs different people, that uh, different, uh, I don't want to call them auditing agents, but different assessment agents, there we go. Different assessment agents are going to do their job differently. And it's one thing that is really unfortunate is that you expect the same kind of level of whatever from anybody that you're dealing with when you're dealing with like a business um again a whole other rant um i posted something on my instagram today talking about the importance of remembering that as a customer facing person uh or someone who deals with customers you have the ability to make or break their sometimes their emotional state not your responsibility to be the sole conductor of someone's emotional journey right but i'm just saying like your actions inactions words uh, can have an impact on somebody's uh, experience in the short term and in the long term. So just something to bear in mind. Anyway, whole other tangent of a conversation that we could go into on a completely separate uh, episode. All in all, it was a great call with this lady. Uh, I learned quite a bit. I learned that one, there's a huge incentive to keep your operations under the table. Now, I'm not telling you to not claim your income. I'm not telling you to not pay your taxes. I wouldn't advise anybody to do that i'm just saying that from a 
numbers perspective, I can understand why people keep their businesses as quote unquote hobbies um, or under the table operations for as long as they do based on how some of these numbers have played um, and based on the fact that, you know, uh, the government gets paid through every avenue possible when it comes to the economy. Um, and, and I do want to get into that rant in just a sec. But so ultimately, I learned that your expenses, not only do you need to have proof of the expense, you need to have an explanation as to why you're claiming the expense in the first place. And you need to have that documented. You also need to have contact in before a client uh, who you're conducting the business with. Uh, that's another thing you want to kind of pay attention to. And uh, ultimately, um, after getting this letter, I did decide to try to connect with some tax professionals. Um, I reached out to... Um, one in particular, um, and they said, yeah, you know, we'll give you a free consultation. The day of the free consultation came and this person was nowhere to be found. Uh, not the most professional, but I guess you get what you pay for because it was going to be a free consultation. Kind of fortifies my um, lack of trust in professionals within this particular industry. And I'm not saying everybody in this industry is, you know, a jerk or whatever. Obviously, you know, it's, you know, going back to the, the whole thing, you get a different experience depending on who you deal with because that's just the nature of dealing with people and not computers. Fortunately enough, uh, a family friend is also a tax professional and, you know, knows kind of all the ins and outs and gave me some, uh, not even specific advice, but gave me some general advice, which gave me the information I needed to kind of leave things where they are at, uh, which basically is I do owe some money to the CRA so that I can uh, keep my account in good standing. And um, it, it's, it's, it's as a result of a reassessment. So I would always just say, make sure you're doing your stuff by the books. And if by the books means uh, keeping your business as a hobby before you start quote unquote officially charging people, um, then I would recommend, you know, keeping it in that arena and just know that if and when you do want to go into that realm, just do a little bit of research. Um, and if, if need be, I'll make a more concise, uh, video. Cause this has just been kind of me rambling for over half an hour. I am more than happy to make a more concise version of what I've learned about operating as a business on the books. Um, but I am by no means a licensed professional or anything like that. I just, this has just been my experience. I, I get the incentive to kind of keep things, um, under the table or just, you know, keeping things in the hobby status. Um, and then when you do get into it, that why someone would just hire a professional. So then you don't have to think about it. And if you are in a situation where they're like, hey, you can't run things this way. Otherwise, you're going to owe a bunch of money at the end of the year. Then you can kind of change course. But if you don't know that that is the case, you won't know to change course. And in a way, I'm glad I got this special assessment letter from the CRA because it allowed me it, it forced me to have to kind of really look at the granular aspects of what I'm doing from a business perspective and uh, switch things up a bit. And uh, now I know a little bit more about what's allowed, what's not allowed, how much of the stuff that is allowed is allowed, um, and the importance of pro providing an explanation as well as uh, contact info for clients uh, that you're doing business with. Ended up, like I said, I do owe money to the CRA, but I called him today and uh, dealt with a gentleman who I'm not gonna lie, his demeanor was not the greatest. Um, he was simply just doing his job. He did the right thing. He said all the stuff that he's supposed to say as someone doing their job. However, uh, 
he had zero empathy, I would argue, or zero compassion, or very little, maybe not zero, but very little, um, to just say like, hey, yeah, man, this is what you're supposed to do. You can do this. Um, do that if you want. So do you want to do the thing you're supposed to do? No, you don't. Okay, of course you don't. Um, yeah, do this, but this is what you're supposed to do. It, it, it was just very dry, which maybe you prefer. Like, maybe that's your style. Uh, I prefer a little bit of empathy or compassion or like, you know, like pleasantness when I'm doing that. And I say that as someone who's dealt with customers as well, um, who deals with clients currently um, and has done the call center thing in the past. Like, you know, you have the ability to contribute to someone's day being great or to contribute to someone's day being super shitty when it comes to the thing that they are calling you about. And again, I'm not saying it's solely your responsibility to make or break this person or to do anything to compromise your job or, or, or you know, spend or allocate resources that you don't have, you know, like I'm not saying take company money and pay off somebody's bill. I'm not, I'm not saying that, right? But I'm just saying like you have the opportunity to practice uh, empathy, compassion, and to just be um, a pleasant person, especially too, if someone's going through a bit of a stressful situation, like, hey, I owe five figures of money here let me let me just say like hey you know i'm sure this is a stressful time for you but what i can say is you can do this um maybe not the best elegant solution uh but it is something just so you won't have to worry about it whatever and if the person is you know in, in my case someone who's like dedicated to not being stressed uh to a point where it's probably a little abnormal that i have this kind of personal vow with myself um fine cool it probably won't impact that person that greatly but if you're someone who's very susceptible to stress or or really prone to being a worrier of sorts um that would not be a great approach uh so that's one thing to remember and the other thing too uh this is just kind of a personal rant uh and i could uh, you know make a whole content piece on this but i get why a lot of uh either quote-unquote rich or self-made people um are not the biggest fan of uh governments um, who tax everybody on every end and therefore are trying to look for as much tax sheltering as possible. I'm not saying that looking for certain tax sheltering can't be immoral or can't be shady, can't be questionable. Um, I don't think it automatically makes it shady or questionable, but I do think that it makes sense to want to keep as much of your hard-earned money as possible right? Or, or as much of your earned money as possible. You know, if, if I say, Hey, I'm going to paint your house, give me a thousand dollars. That person gives me a thousand dollars. Right. And let's say it cost me $300 for the paint and the brushes. Right. So technically my profit is $700, but I feel like my skill as a house painter is worth $700. I'm going to want to keep as much of that $700 as possible, especially to if I'm self-taught and I drove my own car to the house, I drove my own car to the paint store, right? I used money that I already had from my other house painting jobs to pay for the supplies in advance, yada, 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 yada. I get why people want to keep as much of their money as possible, at least as it pertains to being within a capitalist society, which... We could talk about the pros and cons of that, you know, but I, I, I get why people want to shelter their assets, resources, whatever, uh, from government taxation. 
Like I get it and I get why people want to keep as much of their money as possible. So anyway, taxes can be a super scary thing. It's important to do your research and yeah, like don't be shy to, to keep your stuff under the books if you're not at that level yet. Uh, but also don't be afraid to go above the books or be on the books because there are a lot of uh, incentives for businesses, entrepreneurs and things like that. Just remember that there are caveats to that. Um, and I would say to anybody, um, just know that although this stuff can be scary, it, it can be worthwhile and there's always a solution to every problem. And again, if you are someone that has the ability to impact somebody's experience with something potentially very heavy, just remember that you can contribute to that person's experience. So anyway, that's, that's kind of all I wanted to share. Um, I, I hope this kind of content was um, valuable or useful or even just relatable in some way. If you've had a tax scare, if you want to talk about it or, you know, in generic terms, obviously, I would never ask somebody to divulge their tax refund number or um, their tax bill amount uh, or anything like that. But hey, if you've experienced this, um, I know I definitely would feel less alone uh, if you left uh, either like a review if you're listening to this on one of the podcasting platforms or a comment if you're listening to this on YouTube or anywhere else where I post this. And, you know, I know this is the thing where, you know, people normally say like, hey, yeah, if somebody else can help somebody else like that, but I'm not going to lie. It would make me feel less alone <laughs> if you left a comment. Um, I know it's kind of self-serving, but I, I got to be honest, like it's uh, I, I make content not only for the value and the education and the entertainment of you, the listener, but I also make it because it uh it's a it's, it's a way of therapy for me and uh it's something i enjoy doing um that being said i think a lot of people can relate to or uh gain value from others contributing to this conversation this has been my contribution i would encourage you if you have something to contribute to also contribute it as well via the comments online uh, wherever this uh, wherever this podcast episode ends up. And if you enjoy this style of content where it's me just rambling for several minutes, uh, we're at about 45 now, um, let me know because this is something that uh, I haven't done a lot of um, with this podcast um, or on this platform, but I do enjoy it. Uh, just make me a little bit thirsty, uh, but uh, luckily I do have some water here. Um, so I'm going to go enjoy that. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to uh, subscribe, review, like, comment, do all the stuff um, so that this episode and this type of content can reach more people because I think it can be a valuable contribution to conversations and to other people. And also, uh, I'm not gonna lie, it makes me feel good knowing that uh, content is um, important to people other than just me. Because, you know, I could keep this as a file on my hard drive. <laughs> but I want to share it because I, I do like contributing to the conversation. Yeah, at, at this point, I'm just rambling. But anyway, like, subscribe, comment, uh, review, rate, rave, do all the stuff, uh, whatever us influencers say at the end of these things. And uh, I'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Stop talking, we're